Hey everybody, if you are a writer or an aspiring writer, or if you just love literature, I have a book for you. It's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. It is the long-awaited craft book by Steve Almond, based on three decades of his writing career, a career that has featured at turns depression, failure, anxiety, self-loathing, despair, self-doubt, loss of faith, delusions of grandeur, and the occasional triumph. It's a book about the writing life. Steve Almond has done it. He has embraced it, the full catastrophe, and he has lived to tell about it. The Boston Globe says, quote, this isn't just a book about writing. It's a book about honesty. And Richard Russo calls it, quote, one of the best books on writing I've ever read. It's also the funniest by a country mile. Once again, it's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories by Steve Almond, available from Zando. Go get your copy right now, wherever you buy books. Hey everybody, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. I have an idea for you. Why not support the ACLU this holiday season? Why not make a donation at ACLU.org? Support the American Civil Liberties Union, an organization devoted to protecting your liberties, liberties that we here in America often take for granted. We shouldn't take those liberties for granted. We should support the people who do the work of protecting the liberties that we so casually enjoy. The American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU.org. It's a good idea. Give it some thought. Make a donation. All right. Time for the show. Let's do the show. Should we do the show? Let's do the show. You are not alone. You have found other people. You and I have a friend in common. Every stupid thing that a writer could do, I've done. I think it's really beautiful. Did what a struggle, you know? It was incredible. You know, it's like your head exploded seeing what was really there. And now here's your host, Brad Listy. Just one person. Hi, everybody. Here we go again. This is it. This is the Other People Podcast, a weekly program featuring in-depth interviews with today's leading writers. Welcome, everybody, to the 2016 holiday spectacular episode of the program. Very good to be with you. I'm Brad Listy. I'm here in Los Angeles for this, the second annual holiday spectacular episode. As uh, some of you may recall, I did one of these last year, and I should note that it received incredibly mixed reviews. Uh, It was a very polarizing episode. The origin story is uh, fairly simple. What happened was I invited a few friends over, some writers. We got together. uh, We were inebriated. We had a long and digressive and increasingly incoherent conversation, which I recorded and then shared publicly. Uh, in the aftermath of that experience, I received a wide range of feedback from listeners, some of whom uh, enjoyed it. They found it amusing. Others wrote to me to tell me that they found it to be uh, disastrous, grating, intolerable. Uh, they told me that it added another layer of annoyance to a time of year that is absolutely rife with annoyances. and so on and so forth. So with this in mind, I've decided to do it again and make it a tradition. I think polarization is good. I figure, uh, you know, I don't think we lose very much by devoting one episode a year to the holiday spirit and to recording while everyone in attendance is in an altered state. Or uh, almost everybody. I shouldn't say everybody. So uh, I expanded the concept a little bit this year. I invited more than just three people. Last year it was three people. This year 
It was uh, two or three times that. And uh, had a really good time. Gene Morgan, the returning champion, made a, he made a triumphant return. He's back again this year with his wife, Jenny. Amelia Gray was here with her better half, Lee Shipman, Ben Laurie, Rich Ferguson, my buddy Adam Greenfield, Melissa Broder, a.k.a. So Sad Today. Uh, who else? Am I forgetting anybody? I think that's it. Anyway, you're about to hear from everybody. This is, a, this is always a challenge for me. I found this to be a particular challenge uh, from a, a technological, or what's the word that I'm looking for? Editorially. Putting this all together in a way that's semi-coherent and listenable is difficult because we sat here for a couple hours, two and a half, three hours. I recorded everything, but to just share that with you, I don't know if you want to hear that. <laughs> uh, so rather than do that, I've decided to create a kind of highlight reel which will be a little bit elliptical. It's not a narrative episode. It's not linear. It's not something that you can listen to straight through and, and follow some sort of story. There's no conversational arc. I'm just going to play outtakes with some holiday music. Maybe you'll find that interesting. Maybe you won't. But hey, it's a one episode a year. It's the holidays. Why not try something a little bit different? So having said that, uh, let's get started with this, the 2016 Holiday Spectacular episode of the Other People podcast. Hey everybody, if you are a writer or an aspiring writer, or if you just love literature, I have a book for you. It's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. It is the long-awaited craft book by Steve Almond, based on three decades of his writing career, a career that has featured at turns depression, failure, anxiety, self-loathing, despair, self-doubt, loss of faith, delusions of grandeur, and the occasional triumph. It's a book about the writing life. Steve Almond has done it. He has embraced it, the full catastrophe, and he has lived to tell about it. The Boston Globe says, quote, this isn't just a book about writing. It's a book about honesty. And Richard Russo calls it, quote, one of the best books on writing I've ever read. It's also the funniest by a country mile. Once again, it's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories by Steve Almond, available from Zando. Go get your copy right now, wherever you buy books. Like, I mean, this is the thing is that like, I want to do a holiday episode, but I don't want to talk about what's going on in the country <laughs> but is that what's on everybody's minds like we are you thinking about this as much as me as anybody what's going on in the country yeah is anybody but is anybody blocking it out well are you allowed to not talk about it that's what i like do you get like am i gonna get in like i always feel like i'm gonna get in trouble for everything i do or don't do so i feel like if i don't talk about it i'm gonna get like any in any moment like if i'm not talking about it every moment and i talk about anything else i'm gonna get in trouble well, this is okay. Here's a question, like Good along question. along these same lines. Like, first of all, like I want to bleed about it on social media, and on certain social media I do, but other social media I feel like there are family members of mine who might find it, or friends who might find it too much. And then there's also a part of me that sits around going, like, what's the government going to be like? Do I want to leave like a trail? Like, I start to get paranoid thoughts, and then I say. Uh, fuck that. Like, I shouldn't even have to think about that. I'm an American citizen. Yeah, you need to enjoy these last Obama moments. <laughs> yeah. You really need to soak them in. You need to be there for them because these are really important moments and we're going to have to hold on to these for a while. Yeah. 
know what chemtrails do, but we don't know <laughs> what they don't do, okay? We don't know what they don't do. Have you ever had somebody come up to you and give you that speech before? <laughs> the chemtrail speech? No, no, really. I had a guy, yeah, there was a guy in my old neighborhood who like used to hang out in front of the Ralphs, and he would always come up to me, and he would start, I mean, it was like a, that, was his, that was his speech. Part of the chemical trails, there is robot dust that we inhale and starts to track us and give us diseases. So there's lots of really interesting things. That's, like if you want to go, that would be that awesome. Hole, yeah, <laughs> but it's like it's. I feel like there, there are. By people, the way, some of the worst science in America is being done in front of Ralphs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And like they were like into motorcycles and you know all that kind of stuff. And it was I don't even, I don't even know what happened, but I wound up at that Ralph's on Sunset in Hollywood with Rock them. and Roll Ralphs. Yeah. yeah, Rock and Roll Ralphs. And um, I was so I was so drunk that I gave each of the girls a shopping cart. I vaguely vaguely remember this, and I was like, whatever you want, you get it. <laughs> and, yeah, and then. An old man got on the bus, a Trump supporter. Oh, God. Started yelling, uh, took his pants down. <laughs> of course. Had, oh, a, had his underpants. Stood there on the bus screaming uh, the N-word. Uh, very loudly for a long time, the bus driver pulled over, told him that he was calling the cops if he didn't get off the bus. Um, the guy was like, he just kept going. He's like naked from the waist down. Everybody got off the bus and stood out. Was he well hung? I couldn't actually see because I was in the back. Um, and I'd been taking this bus out to Westwood for a couple months, and I was so tired of the crazy people that I didn't get off the bus. I was sitting way in the back, so I could kind of see the top of him. Um, and I didn't get off the bus. I was like, I want to be here when the cops come. I want to see someone pay <laughs> for this. Because, yeah. like, I've been going out there and, like, literally living in fear on the bus. Okay, so, okay. Being anti-Trump is, like, the only thing my mom and I can agree on. Like, it's all we have. Like That's my your parents, language. Yeah, like, do, like during the election, my parents came out here to visit, and, like, my mom was glued to CNN, and I was like, what the fuck am I going to do after this election's over? Because then we'll actually have to speak. Like, well, that, CNN was a I have very little left with which I can escape life anymore. Right, of course, yeah. I'm sober. But, you know, I'm clean. I don't even like fuck random people anymore. <laughs> I mean, I have nothing. I have the internet and I have naps. No, but you and you take. I don't that. even drink caffeine. Yeah, no, you're. you're I have nothing. nothing. I have Nicorette and naps. Nicorette, naps, and baths. And baths. Some serious shit, though. No, I know it's heavy. Meditation, it can be like the trippiest, most like beautiful, creative thing, and they're like, "This will make you more of an efficient worker." That's exactly. Yeah, you know what? That was. That was like you've taken all of the joy. That was the point that I was it. trying to make is that they they offer these perquisites and they in like on the surface it seems like oh these people care about me but it's like they just read in like Fast Company magazine that this makes you more efficient and will lead to yeah. greater profits. Let's put some butter in that coffee. It's gonna <laughs> make you a little smarter. Guess what? Yeah. What's up? Okay. So this is something that's gonna. What was your worst entrepreneurial moment, which is my favorite? And people are like, yeah, I was like eat, uh, eating out of the trash and in my car. Yeah. And like, <laughs> it was real rough. <laughs> and now I've got six figures, and this is why. And visit my website, backslash EO Fire. It's fucking yeah. crazy. There's <laughs> <laughs> so many things wrong with like, It's post truth. There's no truth anymore. Everybody I, can have I, their own something facts. going conversationally. And that. But. Here's a, here's like a weird here's a weird uh, ego thing for me is that like 
How many people have thought to yourself, like, I, like whenever I look at what's happening now through the lens of history, I'm like, all right, because like there were people during World War II and like the run up to World War II who were decent people, but they got frightened or whatever, and they let the Nazis do this thing. And so you're like, I don't want to be one of those people. Like I've started to be like, I want to make sure that like when history records my behavior, I was like doing the right fucking thing. You know? I think to find the things that serve you and to live in that world, maybe it's good to write down who you are and what you believe in right. and what your goals are, and then just work towards those goals, and then people can't hurt you with their craziness. You think that's it? Yeah. In a way, I feel like this is like the final ability to be free and say whatever the fuck I want to say because I'm not crazy anymore because this guy is the fucking president. Like, I can do whatever feminist artwork, performance shit I want to do. Yeah. Because, and I, I feel like it's a good thing for a lot of people who have been kind of complacent maybe under like an Obama administration because... It was good, you know, like things were fine. You just keep chugging along. And you know that there's a, a sane, like, I don't know, eminently rational man. Right, you know, who's of the generous and like cool. He you can know, play he'll basketball. He'll be remembered. I always say this, but he'll be remembered very, very, very well. Way better than he I is now. I hope so. I he, really do. He I'm hasn't scared. been perfect. There's, a, you know, there are many ways that you can poke him. Because <laughs> shit's about to get real fucked <laughs> <up>. Yeah. <laughs> and like if I'm being informed on my iPhone that was made um, you know in a factory with shitty labor conditions and suicide nets like like where do you draw the line right. as to like being a good person and yeah. can you yeah. you know like it or does it just extend I mean I always think about this like when I rescued a dog um, who I have to go pick up from his sitter in about you're a great woman five minutes well when I rescued a dog I was like so excited because it was good for the dog and it was good for me and then I realized that like I was feeding him all these dead animals and like <laughs> causing all this suffering and I feel like that's how I feel in life like it's like you just the bottom drops out another floor and you just see more suffering that you're causing well, like no, even like, if your intentions are good well, yeah, you, gotta go. you gotta go or you gotta take off Melissa's got a tinkle, everybody. No! No. She's going to pick up her dog pickle. It's like a Southwest wrap. You gotta get like ranch in there and a little bit of like fried chicken. Like, (laughs) it's all in there. It's just messy and it's all together and it's unavoidable. And I feel like you have to find your voice too in a lot of it and say like I think it's I mean again I'm a big truth person so I feel like it helps you find your truth a little bit like, like who the hell are who the hell am I who the hell am I what do I stand what, for what does this make me feel what is this future this you know this <laughs> an imminent darkness and nothing let me like ask you right this now? let me ask you this has there have you ever gone into a new year with more uncertainty about what the new year held than this one. No. Right? Like, it's like... I, I was yeah. in this room yeah. when G-G. I knew that it was going to happen. I had people it was, over. It was so dark. Adam, you were here too, right? Here, yeah, it was, yeah, um, it was great. It's funny, yeah. you know? Yeah, great time. I was like masturbating with a cheese grater. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, I had... Uh, I was like, we're America! Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, we, 
we were we were the dudes swooping into stuff before, into Europe, into like right. the East, and fixing it. You know, like yeah. Yeah. this we, is like the stop. We this is we like the stuff either. we stop in other countries. This is yeah. It's we're like, better yeah, than this. Well, we're better than this. We should be. No, way we're better. not better than this because yeah. we've been doing this to other countries for a long time. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't make it right. It makes it wrong. Yeah. It makes it wrong. Do you guys ever order shit from Amazon and it's like they put like it's like a big box and there's another box inside of the box and then you know it's like there's like constant yeah, order, order it's should I make too much Have you ever been around somebody who you felt was operating at a different level in a really authentic way So so I used to work in uh, galleries a lot and so I worked with this woman named Ultraviolet like she an was art one galleries? Of- yeah, yeah. So she was one of uh, Andy Warhol's uh, superstars. Okay. And so I was carrying all of her shit down, I don't know, some, I don't know. Her, her apartment was a penthouse that overlooked the Guggenheim in Central Park. It was fucking ridiculous. She's a French heiress. Anyway, I was like, this woman has got to know some shit, right? Like her, her first husband was Salvador Dali. Oh my God. So yeah, I mean, she was crazy. And you know, in her apartment, she was just like, oh yeah, that's worth like $5 million. It was one of uh, Annie Warhol's like first green prints of the flower thing. And, uh, and I was like, God, this, I was like, let me just, let me at her for like 30 minutes. Right. So we were, and I, I had been so far, she seems sleepy and annoying. All right. And um, and I went to her studio. What was she dressed like? What did she look like? She had cra- crazy, like, gray hair that was very unkept. Like, she didn't wear makeup, but she was in, like, caftans and, like, Yeah, yeah, flowing, flowing stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Flowing and then, like, garments. also had an accent and, like, was very stylish, but also, like, annoyed all the time at everyone. And I was just like, she's got to know stuff, right? Like, I was like, please. And I would ask her these questions, and she'd be like, oh, no, this is how the world is. And one of the things that she said to me was that if you if you want to, like, get to the next level, I don't know, like, her exact phrasing, but life it was hack. like, you, yeah, her life hack <clears throat> basically was that you need to be an inventor. And I was like... That sucks. But that's you know the what? Worst. That actually, like, that, that sort no... of is our economy now. Like, it's not like the way that it was for our parents or whatever, where you get a job and you, you like, the, the economy really only rewards people who make shit up. Like, you gotta make a what do you mean? Like, like, name on it. like Uber delivery? Uber, Uber's like getting your stupid friend to give you a ride somewhere because you're fucked up. You know, like it's not that. It's not that genius. Yeah, but no, but you know, I uh, I stole a six foot tall or like a life size cardboard cutout Dave Thomas from Wendy's and got caught. Yeah, we were in my arrested? dad's car. I pulled around through the drive through. And my friend grabbed him, jumped in the car, and we took off. Got some great photos with it, but they got the license plate. And you got arrested? Uh, no, they just called my dad, and oh. I had to return it. I had to return it intact. <laughs> Dave Thomas? And go apologize. What's the worst thing that happened? My friends and I were playing like, with our airsoft guns. We were shooting each other in the, in the hills above one of our friend's houses, and we took the game into his house. And we shot up his house, and like before we realized what had happened, because they're like rubber BBs and they didn't kill, but we we're like, wait a minute, stop. And then all of a sudden we realized there were thousands of tiny dings in every piece of like the wood floor, the oh, walls, God. and everything. And 
his dad came home, his dad is a French scientist, and I called him later, I'm like, is everything okay? He's like, oh yeah, man, don't worry, I got it under control. And in the background, I hear his father go, you treat my house like a ghetto, like a ghetto! <laughs> he goes, uh, I gotta go now, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later. I sort of reflect upon a moment when I was a teenager and was nabbed by store security in a Kmart parking lot after I had like shoplifted this cassette that was like bargain basement in a, Which was, what in was a bin was of Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was weird. I didn't like, and it was like, I, as I was doing it, I was like, I have no idea why, I was, why I'm doing this. But then like once I was like this, I was getting in my car and store security, like I felt someone grabbing my shoulder and turning me around and it was store security and they were like you have to come back in the store and then it clicked like I had taken this thing because like I was so messed up from my parents yelling and on the verge of getting divorced it was like that was why I took this I am like really messed up right now that was that I was out with some friends and we were on a like we, were, we had like a, sl- a sleepover we were drinking tequila we got a bottle of tequila we were like we're gonna go Walk a neighborhood and drink it. Like that's you know the kind of that's the level of planning that we did in those days. And Hell yeah. We went to a it was cold out and we went to a nearby golf course just because it was open space, and it was the winter and I had no hat or gloves and so my friend gave me his mom's like pink knit hat and like pink mittens. So it was like the, you know the last thing in the world you would be out in, and uh, I go out and some guy happened to be getting home from uh, a road trip. He was probably in his 50s. And I guess there had been some car, like, thefts or break-ins in the neighborhood, which is, like, by the way, this is, like, suburban Indianapolis. Like, hardly, like, a hotbed of crime. And, <laughs> was but it the a, Bloods or the Crips? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And so it was, like, it was one of those things where, you know, I guess somebody had been, like, petty, petty thievery, like, reaching into windows and grabbing things out of cars and stuff. And, or that's what the guy said. But he saw us walking through the neighborhood and thought we were the criminals. And he started running at us. He's like this crazy freaking Midwestern neighbor guy. And my friends saw him, but, but I didn't. And I was already drunk and was just like, you know. Wearing a pink hat. Wearing a pink hat and pink mittens. And like, so we, like, somebody takes off running and then like, you all take off running at that age. Like as soon as somebody runs, then everybody runs. <laughs> so I'm like running and I don't know why I'm running. I thought we were just like running because like sometimes when you're a teenager, like somebody just, just runs. You just start running. Yeah. You just start running. So I'm, I'm just running in these mittens. Like, it's like cow. Yeah. 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 And we get to this fence. Uh, we're running through this yard and then we get to like a you know a six foot tall fence and my two friends in front of me just like bound over it like you know like they're really like and I'm like wow and like I, the last thing I remember is like I, I just reached up with both of my hands and like kind of like put my hands on top of the fence to like begin the bounding process and at that very moment like a 55 year old like athletic man at a dead sprint like laid into me like with all of his speed and body weight nice. and just, like, oh. smashed me up against the wood oh. fence did, you, did it break? no it, it but I mean my chin you know like it smashed my face and it really good and then like he grabs me by the arm this and is twi- the best this is the best coming out story I've ever heard <laughs> <laughs> talk slower talk slower slower so realistically, her pet peeves are her husband. And her husband. <laughs> Everything about Jean is Jenny's pet peeve. So, the, yeah. Yep. I uh-huh. asked it. I got the right answer. I mean, I got the answer I should have gotten. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, but I it's think it's, it's very common. Like, trying to actually, because, like, 
trying to actually spend time with people you care about, like trying to actually spend time with them, with like out some sort of screen in your hand or on the wall, like you know, just actually hanging out with a person is a strange thing. Not interesting. Not interesting. <laughs> it's one thing to eat on an airplane. It's another thing to eat something that's like really messy and smelly. Like, have What's some fucking... the worst? What's the worst you've seen someone? Oh, I mean, it's like a fucking tuna fish sandwich that they packed at home, and you're just like, fuck you. (laughs) We're in row, like, you know, like 27, and, like, I'm packed against the side of, like, the window seat. This person just sits there, and, like, and the the thing, too, is, like, it's like a two-hour flight. Like, you didn't plan your eating to where you're, like, not sitting in the fucking germ tube. Like, you're in a filthy... Like germ tube, and like you're like, oh, I'm famished. Like I need to fucking eat a meal here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting down. I am sitting down. There's a tray in front of me. I can put it down on my knees. I need some food. It's like it's like I I don't mind like some unsalted, like you know, like some like some raw unsalted almonds, like some sort of like healthy little snack if you need some protein. Like I get it, but like, do you really need to fucking eat a meal? Like, are you so are you so into food? Are you so famished? You can't wait. For the two hour flight. Yeah. The Los Angeles airport for people listening, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> like, it's embarrassing, like, compared to a lot of world airports. Like, yeah. it's a major city. Like, it's, a, it's not a good enough airport, in my opinion. Agreed. Yeah? yeah? I don't mean to be like a, you know, airport snob, but airport, LAX, it's like. There's like people with like chickens and shit and like baggage. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, where the fuck am I? Yeah, like, how do you get that goat in here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, like, there's a shepherd. What's the worst restaurant or the worst food? You're talking to a, a Jew with a terrible stomach. Like, I get <laughs> diarrhea just, <laughs> just looking at food. I, a friend of mine's like, you should just skip eating just get straight diarrhea. <laughs> That's what it's going to be for you anyway. Anything for a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I'd kill all of you. Whatever. Murder. Yeah, just think of the worst thing. <laughs> I don't think I would murder a child. No, it's like. But I'd murder a grown up. A, grown up. <laughs> a really shitty grown up. Or like a, a mean child. A child. A child. A child. A just an annoying, like. yeah, just Judge an annoying. Right I'd probably yeah. do that for five hundred. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't feel like I do. I mean, I have people that I have strained relate. You know, like there are people who are difficult, or there are strained relationships, or it doesn't feel comfortable. But like nobody that I feel like I'm like fuck you. Yeah, I got some life. haters, but no hard. Yeah, yeah, or just like. <laughs> Mostly it's just like awkward or like not quite knowing how to define it. It's, there's never any kind of like defined animosity. Like does anybody here have somebody that they feel like is like their enemy? I used to. You used to? But you killed him. But, yeah. <laughs> but Jenny, like I'm curious to know about it. Like what was the, what was the context? I think the, the, the uh, uh, requirements or the, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like the, the things that make up your arc arch enemy arch enemy yeah. um, are that you're really close to them at one point in your life like right. really super like good friends yeah so I had one and we were like best friends we were gonna do everything together all the time and then all of a sudden it was like 
we were gonna do something that was almost like very intimate, not like like uh, like like she was gonna live with me. You know what I mean? And right. then she backed out and did some weird shit, and I was like, I'm gonna fuck you up for the rest of my life. Like, <laughs> you, know, you are an asshole. I do not like you. <laughs> It's like love hate. I bought my raccoon penis bone, and I sort of bought into the whole because there was—it's a reference to something in Sarah where raccoon penis bone, and they started like selling those at readings, and I bought one at Skylight, and oh, really? I was like, so JT Leroy, and I got my raccoon penis bone, and I'm wearing, it. and then when I found out it was a hoax, part of me was just like, you know, fuck you, you know, how could you do this to me? What a violation! But then another part is like. Is still kick-ass writing, you know. Yeah. I don't know what to think about yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. But I guess that's my sort of question, like, like if a, if an author sort of does that, how much of you is, feels violated in some way versus just like, well, the writing stands up for itself. It's great writing. I think it would be nice if I were a woman. I think it would be cool to have boobs. Oh, God. Like, really? to actually, like, nice. know what it's like to have boobs. Hot. Yeah, right? Uh, give birth is the answer. Give birth is I the answer. I would like to give birth. You would. Yeah. I feel like I'd have a lot more, like, hair options. Yeah. I've never had any idea what I'm supposed to do. Perhaps you noticed yeah. what I'm supposed to do with my hair. Your hair looks good. But I, Thank you, Brad. Yeah. But I feel like if I were a woman, I would have lots of options. I would enjoy being incredibly powerful. You Me would. too. You would? Me too. Well, it depends what kind of man you are. I mean, you know? No. It fucking doesn't. Doesn't. <laughs> really? Same person, just have a dick. <laughs> um, who's got a question? What drug would you never do again? Oh, edibles. Edibles. Yeah, that's, a good, that's actually a good answer, because sometimes yeah. those things can get out of hand. No, the last time I did it, I remember telling my friend she looked like the Venus de Milo rising from the surf, and then I blinked, and I... When I opened my eyes, I was at my house. I was naked and peeing on my carpeted floor. Oh, my God. Real weird. Real weird. How did I get there? Slower. Has anyone here read the Bible? Has anyone actually read it? Like, cover to cover? Cover to cover? No. You have? Is it any good? I mean, sure. It's got some good parts. Yeah? But I mean, it's also got some... Is it, it's, it's got some bad parts. Is it suspenseful? Yeah, it's fucking fantastic. Is it really? Yes. Okay. And you've read it? I mean, a lot yes. of it. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. I, we have this. Oh, sorry. We have this like children's Bible now that my wife got or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you know, you can read things from time to time. Devlin, as she like gets older or whatever, and. I, I like will occasionally just like and I've never read the Bible so I'm sort of like learn, <laughs> learning as I sort of read these and some of them are really messed up like I'll be reading this like and it's in a children's Bible and yeah. I'm like reading and I'm that's looking at my wife truth. like this is messed up and this is like a children's do yourself a favor and google like Prince on Arsenio Hall in like you know the link early... in the bio yeah link in the bio early <laughs> <laughs> Early nineties, <laughs> and uh, watch that. But no, truly, watch that performance. Like, I, I, I the show notes. I cannot. <laughs> yeah, we'll have the link in the show notes. But I cannot. Uh, <laughs> they always say that on entrepreneurial yeah, podcasts. They do. Hey guys, we'll put that link in the show notes. Have you ever seen when Jimmy Stewart reads his poem about his dog? On the Tonight Show? No. Because you should put that link in that. Jimmy Stewart? Yeah. 
Let's just link the fuck out of this Wait, did show. his dog die? <laughs> Who's got a link? Yeah, his dog died and he wrote a poem about his dog. And he read it on this nice show? Yeah. They're like Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Like the American, okay. There's another great, there's another great late night uh, clip with Raul Julia being interviewed. I think it was by Leno or something. He tells a story about eating dinner with his family and sneezing and one of his eyeballs fell out of his head. <laughs> and he pushed it right back in and nobody noticed. And he's like... And I just fell out. <laughs> and, his, and his family was like, What are you talking about? And it's this whole thing. He went to the hospital and he sneezed his fucking eye out of his head. Like his actual eye or yeah, like glass eye? He fell out. Like Jesus. a real eye. Like, yes. all this nerve. <laughs> yeah, dangling and he pushed it back down. Oh, oh, <laughs> link in the bio. <laughs> we'll put the link in the bio. Wow. Uh, as, we, as we careen into 2017. Um, I guess like, I mean, it's like any closing thoughts or like new year's resolutions or like any kind of like thought as we go into 2017, like, what are you going to do? Like, do you have a plan? Do you have a feeling for how it's going to go? Is it just like go fetal, bear down? Time moves so quickly now that I'm in my forties. Like, I just know that, that it's going to be four years in a second and I'll be dead. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Ben? I'm going to... Buy a gun and write some shit. <laughs> <laughs> write a book a year. Just write. Let's write your book. Um, Rich, it's funny. You know, in the past, I would think like, oh, next year I should like do more yoga or you know finish that novel or this or that. And now I just hope that we just you know make survive. It, yeah, sur- survive that all of us you know can live to tell the tale. That's yeah. I mean, that's where we are, Jenny. Um, I'm gonna talk to my kids a lot more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to them about, like, reality. Politics? And, no? No, not politics. Like, this is all about people at this point. Like, we're, yeah. we're in, a, in a non-factual state. Like, I have to, I have to get to them. Right. They're our future. Yeah. And, like, if I don't talk to them properly, like, like all of y'all, I'm, I'm y'all on your own. All right? Like, you're at this point <laughs> where you make those decisions and they're yours. But, like, these kids, like... It's it's rough out there. Do you remember what it was like to be a kid? It sucks, and I don't know. So that's yeah. To be a kid in this environment, I'm gonna get get real. Especially like an adolescent, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's got to be. I mean, like or coming out of going into college and like this is happening. Especially like since time for us is like quick. Like these kids too. Like they're so receptive to adults. Mm -hmm. Like you got to talk to them. Like and I see even parents who are parents of their own kids they don't talk to their kids like it's really important so that's 2017 conversational okay that's good uh amelia and lee what do you guys got going on in 2017 oh man i think i'm gonna try and make my community bigger inside me and outside like more social i think i think i let my world get a little small yeah i do that too that's and what, so I want to try to make it a little, try to do what I can to make it bigger. Make yourself feel more connected to like other people. Yeah, to, to Los Angeles. To Los Angeles, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Lee? Uh, yeah, we, I guess the same age. So uh, on election day, Amelia and I went to Las Vegas to do uh, the volunteers' uh, voter protection. It was with the ACLU and labor unions. and Like watching out at like polling sites and stuff? Yeah, I was looking for like... If, there was a registered voter there that wanted to vote, that they were able to vote. If they were in the wrong place, we'd tell them where to go, maybe give them a lift. Um, 
And uh, we found out uh, that at our hotel, the Nevada Democratic Party was having their election night party there. And we're like, oh shit, that's great. We'll feel like good Americans and go celebrate. And then obviously uh, that didn't happen. And uh, we, we get there and, you know, there's a band playing. Everyone's getting drunk and having a good time. And we're like, I remember feeling like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? But, but like, yeah. Nevada Democrats did really well. They had a lot to celebrate. And uh, I remember talking to some of the party people there, like Democratic Party. Um, and uh, they were like, yeah, this is like a huge loss. But yeah, we get up and we go to work tomorrow. We do more. And it was like, I realized like, I'm it's fucking amateur hour over here. These are pros. Uh, they like, this is a like lost a battle like a big heartbreaking one but in like for these people and for us it should be like a lifelong fight at least career long for these people and it, right. it one made me feel really good about uh, the kind of democratic infrastructure we have going like we're only a few thousand votes away from like celebrating Hillary's yes. you know campaign and strategy by the way, and, and we can all talk we can all uh, quibble about like the Russians and James Comey and the media, you know, like there's a million ways that this thing tipped and it really came down to not that many votes. And by the way, she fucking crushed in the popular vote, which is not, yeah, it's not insignificant. It's a real fact that like people need to, you know, take into consideration. And, and like you say, had things been just a little different in a few states, like Robbie Mook, her campaign director would be a fucking genius and the, the strategy would be. Uh, praised on all the news networks. You know? Yeah, and it it made me want to change the way I, I think about that stuff, and I like consume this news and and act like I'll like the feeling of of outrage imitates the feeling of action, and so like when I'm reading the like horror show, the Daily News, and and spending an hour on political Twitter, and like when I close my laptop, like it feels like I did something. Like, yeah, I like, physically feel like kind of like a workout and stressed out and yeah. I actually haven't done a fucking thing right. and uh, like yeah I would like to uh, I mean not tune out stay informed but like but like all this psychic energy I wasted on just that shit and not Trying doing to have anything and like actually shut that laptop earlier and go do a little more yeah. that's right that's right yeah because it's like I, I think we start to think that you know we're all bees living in kind of one hive and we forget all the the hundreds and thousands of hives even just think of the city the people who like aren't looking at twitter in the day and like you know it's it's hard because but i think it's important to just maybe for me anyway to like visualize somebody's life that doesn't involve the internet or computers at all i mean that was something we were kind of struck by in nevada's you know people kind of coming to to vote and not knowing where their polling place was and and you think like well, why didn't you you know when you open up facebook it it has like find my polling place or you can when you open up google like why how did you miss this this whole time and it's like well fucking duh like they don't they're not looking at the goddamn internet all day like i am right you know? right and- <laughs> it seems incredible like the people are online and they're doing messed up stuff on the on that's online. right on, yeah, they're doing messed up. Those kids are doing messed up stuff on the online. Damn it! Get off the internet. Get off the online. I told you to get off. The problem that I have that kind of feeds into that thing: the penny slot feeling of retweeting and the yeah, yeah, the yeah. penny slot of of reading and the anger cycle. And like Lee said, the the the, the you feel like you've done physically done something, but you haven't. Right. 
And that's that's incredibly fucked that we have a limited amount of energy on the planet and time on the Earth, yeah. and we are not doing anything. Yeah, and you're you like, know? and you're just like spinning your wheels. Like, tell, tell them what you're doing on inauguration day. Oh yeah, uh, Adam and I have already booked a two-hour float in a sensory deprivation tank. <laughs> Eleven a.m. On the, yeah, we're going in Westwood, and we're just going to float in some uh, Epsom salts and just yeah. try to forget about the world. We're going to make a human centipede. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Happy, uh, happy New Year. Happy 2017. Thanks to everybody listening. We'll see you in the new year. Okay, everybody, there you go. That's the holiday spectacular episode for 2016. I hope you enjoyed it. Whether you are in transit, whether you are inert, perhaps you're Christmas shopping, perhaps you're all alone in a filthy studio apartment. I don't know what you're doing, but whatever it is that you're doing, please know that uh, I send you my very best good wishes and hope you're feeling all right. That's one of the things about this time of year. It's always uh, bothered me, uh, you know, how shitty they can make people feel. Uh, And yeah, there's a lot of happiness to be found. There's a lot of goodness in the basic spirit of the thing. I like the general message. Don't get me wrong. But, uh... I always think to myself, what about the people for whom uh, this isn't such a great deal, who don't have a lot, or who have experienced tragic loss or what have you? I feel like the holidays can be pretty brutal for those people, and that bothers me. So if any of you out there are having a really shitty holiday season, please know that uh, this episode was created uh, most especially with you in mind, so that you could uh, attend a party for a few minutes. (laughs) Listen to people talk in a relatively incoherent fashion. You know, it's like a time of year to reflect on human goodness. You know, try to to be better, maybe. I think that's the best part of Christmas and the holiday season in general. Be more generous. But people... And also generous meaning not only like giving of time and resources, but also generous of spirit. Trying to be more forgiving to other people. Understanding of the fact that people, uh, most people anyway, are uh, are well-intentioned. I don't want to create any problems. Some people do, but either those people are, you know, they're messed up, they're suffering. They're spilling everywhere. Spilling their suffering on other people. That's how the way I always try to, uh, you know, think of it. Think of somebody at a party with a beer just running into people over and over again, just spilling on them. What am I talking about? <laughs> Anyway, trying to end this on a high note, trying to go out strong, trying to get in the Christmas spirit. Uh, it's not about uh, negativity here at the Other People podcast. I know it sometimes might sound that way. I know sometimes there can be a cynical air. Uh, and what's the old saying about cynicism? A cynic is a disappointed idealist. But, I don't, you know, I don't want to be cynical either. I want to be hopeful. Skeptical, but hopeful. Let's go into 2017 skeptical but hopeful. We're out of music. We're out of time. This is it. This is the holiday spectacular episode. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. I'll talk to you again soon. (laughs) 